Welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. With structured workouts, training plans and massive online group rides to make your training fun. Because fun is results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, and then there's a whole new setup to talk about. Uh, remember that you can uh, download or stream this podcast uh, from our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or log a ride with our friend at Zwift. And then, of course, you probably have noticed if you're watching us, we are live. Maka, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. So, does this mean I've got to mind my P's and Q's? Uh, you we are to- live, live. We are live, live, and you, you have to mind everything, your posture and, and everything, oh, everything. Right. Okay, good stuff. Luckily, I, I brushed my teeth and did my hair before the before we started as well. With a good spon- to be here. With a sponge? Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you for joining us. This is... Uh, pretty much a dress rehearsal of what we are going to do uh, for this Tour de France coming up. We'll talk about this a bit further down in the podcast, uh, but there's been a lot happening, and then Really, in the last few minutes, we have some breaking news. Uh, we have been able to talk to Matt White. We have. This is what we do here. This is what we do on this set. We break news. Come on, you can have the honours. Actually, no, we're going to leave Matt White talk about <laughs> us. This is an interview we did earlier with Matt White. And guess what? This is the full Mitchelton Scott announcement for the Tour de France right here, right now on the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, we are joined with uh, Matt White from uh, Mitchelton Scott. Uh, all the way, we can't really see because uh, of the of the lighting. But you're in the Alps, I believe, Matt. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm just just above Grenoble actually this morning. Uh, we're just doing Tour de France recon. Uh, we're doing the last four stages of the Alps, two down, two down, and uh, two to go. Can you give us much of an info information about the team selection for the tour and and how the guys are going? Yeah, so we are, we're going to run with a very similar template to, to last year. Uh, we're going to go on the hunt for stages, and we're going to do that with uh, a good combination of guys. So our, our three climbers for this year's Tour de France will be Adam Yates, uh, Mikel Nieve, and Esteban Chavez. And then we'll be running a combination of a couple of faster guys with uh, the likes of Daryl Limpy, uh, and on his tour debut, uh, Luca Mezjek. And then we'll be running... With yeah, our engine room and our, our real support guys there, and that's going to be uh, Jack Bauer, uh, Jack Bauer, Sam Bewley, who's also making his uh, tour debut, and uh, Chris Jules Jensen. That's our that's our combination for for the 2020 Tour de France. So that's that's the uh, that's the official announcement, I believe. That is the official announcement. That's you heard it. Lot, you heard it here. That's our that's our tour roster. Uh, I suppose the thing that that, uh, that does that does stand out there. There's there is no Australians for the first time in our Tour de France team. Uh, at the end of the day, with our focus, we have a big focus on winning the Giro d'Italia uh, in a month's time after the the, the tour. That uh, will be more than at least four Australians in in our Giro roster. But the way things things worked out this year with a very different. Uh, calendar and the, the proximity of the Giro to the Tour with, uh, we didn't have the ability to overlap any riders for the Giro on the Tour this year that's our eight for, for the Tour and our goals for the Tour and then we have another roster coming out full of Australians in the, uh, for the Giro and the Welter and, and, and on that roster uh, Matt and, and just in comparison to Ineos and obviously no Froome and Thomas you say you're going for stages but at the same time 
you've got a pretty good squad that can challenge for the overall. You mentioned your three climbers. And of course, with Esteban and, and Adam, you're in, you've got your cover all bases, I think. Is that a fair, you'd have one eye on the general classification. Look, look, Maga, it was, we, we hadn't, we're not. The, the, we've had a couple of things uh, uh, happen in the last, well, it's in the last month especially. Uh, Adam Yates got sick uh, a couple of weeks before the Dolphinate and he missed a fair chunk of work um, before, before the Dolphinate. We're talking a couple of weeks. And, he, and you saw in the Dolphin, had to write a very conservative Dolphin because it was a brutal addition. And for, for the long-term benefit of, of, of his form, we really had to be very conservative here in the Dolphin. And we probably will be in the first week of the tour, but I'm very confident that he's, uh, he's going to be in the form to, to at least win a stage. Look, Esteban has ridden GC before, uh, not at the Robert's in the Giro and the Welter, but no, for, for us, uh, with the group we've got and the battle we're going to see between Jumbo and Ineos, you know, finishing eighth or ninth in the Tour de France is, just doesn't have the same value as winning stages. And, and that is where we're going to put our emphasis on winning stages in the mountains with those three and uh, on those transitional stages with, uh, with the likes of Mezjek and, uh, and Impey and so. There we go, uh, Maka. That was the official announcement from uh, Matt White. Believe it or not, that was a video. Uh, but uh, he was nested in the in the alps uh, and then i don't know you have your own vision about the the french telecom system yeah exactly sometimes it's a bit <laughs> <laughs> well he was above grenoble he said beautiful part of the world and he said it was going to be an extremely hot day so look it's interesting isn't yeah. it no australians and that was going to be our next question and he answered it i guess for us because he, he knows that that'll be a, a point of contention amongst you know maybe some fans and etc back will here, it will it really not no, for we, me it's not Let's debate this because yeah. uh, yes, the Australians are important in uh, in 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 the the world of cycling. Uh, they're a professional outfit, though. He explained the reasons why. Yeah, he did, and I agree with him. Um, look, cycling is a business, and at this level, it certainly is a business. So, and I think this is a unique year. Uh, no, not thinking it is a unique year. We all know that. And he did mention that four Australians will go to the Giro d'Italia, and that is a massive goal for them this year with Simon Yates. They believe they can win that. There's unfinished business there, and that is their real target in terms of general classification. And as he also said, and he's 100% right, seventh, eighth, ninth in general classification does not stack up against three or four stage wins. They got four stage wins last year. That was a successful tour for them, and they had... No one inside the top 10, I don't think. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. So he's, they've made the right call. Um, yeah. Luke Durbridge. Uh, quick was question, a... actually, from our audience, because yeah. we invite you, actually, guys, to uh, to send us your question by the comments uh, box uh, a bit below. Uh, there's a great question here. Would they look for King of the Mountain, do you think? Is that, is that a potential opportunity for them? Good question. Really good question. Um, that's a possibility. Absolutely. Um, I, I would think... I would think Chavez will try and he'll try and ride position. He'll try and not lose any time. He's not going to sit up and lose time in the first week. I wouldn't think, unless he really is having a bad day or just gets caught out. And then saying that, he might go for the uh, the polka dot, and so to Yates on the air. There, look, all three of them are capable of that. I think so. Um, they'd have to play that real getting breakaways, lose time, maybe early on. Mm-hmm. Um, um, in the mountains, that is, and then be able to get up the road in, in some of the other mountain stages. And that's a really good... That'd be a feather in their cap if they could go for that. 
Absolutely. Uh, there's, a, there's a comment here. They want to go for winning stages and they let Caleb go. Uh, we take all comments here. So, and I think it's just a, a worthwhile decision. Uh, when they see, and we'll talk about the form Caleb has, there's no regret in cycling, but can they have a little bit of regret um, still or not? No, no, I don't think so. You have to look at the time when they let Caleb go. I think it was a mutual um, agreement in the end that he, he, he realised he wasn't going to be the number one protected rider. Uh, at the time, and they were moving towards really purely a general classification squad, and through unforeseen circumstances, and as as Matt White pointed out, Adam getting really sick prior to the Dolphinade, yep. it's setting back big time. Two weeks almost off the bike uh, with Gastro, that knocks you about. And remember, the gap between the Dolphinade and the Tour is a lot shorter this year. So look, Caleb, he wouldn't take anything back. It's been a massive success since he's been to Lotto Sudal, and Mitchell and Scott wouldn't take it back either. You know, they'd, and they'd be absolutely happy for absolutely. the success that he's got. Let's recap the team though for uh, Mitchell and Scott. We've got Adam Yates, Nieve, Chavez, Impey, Metzgeck, Bauer, Bewley, and Yul Jensen. Two Kiwis. Two Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> They're our cousins. We'll claim them. Is that where we claim? Uh, I New think Zealand? this is where we'll say, well, you might look. We've, we've Quite, we've got two quasi-Australians. Uh, I'm excited for, obviously, both of them. Yeah. Um, Sam Bewley, though, his debut as well. So, look, for New Zealand cycling, that's massive yeah. uh, to have two guys on the squad and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll put their best foot forward. Absolutely. There's another question here while we are on the, the Mitchelton-Scott uh, um, subject, uh, shall we say. Uh, do you think Adam Yates will sign again for Mitchelton-Scott? We actually asked the question. He, it's not here on this interview because the answer was very political. He, 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 Politically he, Correct, I should he, say. He answered it like a true politician, and, <laughs> and so he should. Uh, I don't think he will. Okay. I, my, my, I just don't. I think if he was going to sign, he would have said it. Uh, unless they're waiting for some big announcement, I think Adam's going to leave. That and look, there's, I'm not the first to say it. It's already been printed in other cycling news outlets. I think Adam will leave. Um, it's so very interesting to see how they're going to behave as a twins. They've already always rode together. I, yeah, think, I believe. I think so. I'm trying to think prior to prior to Mitchell and Scott, but no, I don't think. Look, sometimes maybe they both decided. For sure, they would have spoken before they made their. Do you think decisions. they talk to each other? They're not like the Gallagher brother in uh, <laughs> yeah, Oasis, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but no. Look, maybe, maybe they decided they needed to spread their own wings separately, and sometimes that can be a good thing for both of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, move on. So from uh, from this, but you heard it first here on the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, tell us, uh, Maka. We are looking at uh, what's been happening lately, and then the next subject is Ineos. I titled it As Cold As Ice because we've heard about the announcement uh, that has happened uh, in, uh, for, for Ineos. What's been happening there? What do you think? Yeah, look, it's uh, so Chris Froome, Geraint Thomas. They've won five Tour de France's between them. They've won seven Grand Tours between them, both omitted from the squad. That's 24 hours old, that news. Yep. But it's still a talking point, isn't it? It's massive news because of the stature of those two riders. Um, I think I agree with the decision. Okay. Uh, based and and I can only base my opinion off the Dolphin off the back of the Dolphin Yeah. Um, neither of them were looking like they were going strong enough to be in that eight-man squad, which is incredible, really. But we've always said how strong the Ineos team is. Yeah. But it's just surprising, still, that you've got two former winners of the Tour de France, and let's face it, Chris Froome is one of the greatest Grand Tour riders, yeah. not just of this era. 
of any era. Yep. He's one of the greatest. He's won the Giro. He's won the Vuelta and four TDFs. And it's a mini miracle that he's he's actually back on the bike. He's, str- he's struggling to get number five, though. He is. Yeah. It's. I mean, that's, he hasn't been that's, lucky. Go- that's going to be a bigger discussion point, yeah. isn't it, over the next 12 months? Absolutely. Think, will Chris Froome get back to his best? Let's have a listen to actually Chris Froome's reaction straight after uh, this announcement from the team. It's definitely a, a, readjust, a readjustment for me, uh, moving, moving goalposts from uh, the Tour de France to the Vuelta España. But I think given, given where I've come from the, through the last year, I mean, I've, I've had a incredible recovery from from the big crash I had last year and I'm in a very fortunate position to be back racing now already um, but I'm, I'm not confident that I can I, I can really fulfill the necessary job that that would be needed for me at, at this year's Tour de France and I think it's a lot more realistic uh, targeting the, the Vuelta España and gives me a chance to to really get stuck into something that that's deliverable really yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think people have to remember I'm coming back from a horrendous crash last year where I fractured uh, a lot of bones in my body. Um, the, the recovery is complete. I don't have any pain. I don't have any lingering issues. But um, certainly, I mean, that, that was a that was a big knock to to, to me, and I, I think um, still still coming back to that. Um, Full, full level of fitness at the moment. There's some pretty crucial steps in terms of moving my progression towards being being able to to win a race again, and hopefully that will that will all, will come together for for the Vuelta España. I mean, it's it's great for me now to have that clarity uh, to to know that uh, that that will be my big goal for the season, um, and I, I really do just wish the team all the very best of luck for. Uh, for the month ahead, um, the racing is going to be brutal. But I have every faith in in Egan and and the team around him that they can they can deliver the result. Maka, we just heard about Chris Froome. Um, first of all, lesson number one in being politically correct. Deep down, he must be seriously annoyed, but may not necessarily annoyed with not going to the tour, not being selected. Annoyed maybe with the situation and himself where he's at at the minute. Uh, I think so. I think. It's human nature that he's going to be disappointed, 100%. And there's a part of him that thinks he should be there. But I think when the dust settles, look, even the way he spoke, whether he's you know speaking very diplomatically or not, he's just class. Yeah, and one thing we should say is that Chris Froome is class. He's absolute class. And, and at the end, he almost talks like he's the team manager because he's like, he says, I have absolute faith and confidence in Egan. And so he's almost talking like a team manager. But he, he did. He, I think he spoke professionally and with class. And of course, he, he, the team wouldn't have allowed him allowed him to maybe really say what he, you know, what yeah. was said behind closed doors. But nonetheless, I think I think he is now looking forward to the Vuelta and and uh, resetting his dial. And he and he sort of said, I'm not sure if we caught it in that interview, but now that he knows, he's just happy to have um, a decision made and know where his sort of future is for the rest of the season. But if we think of, of Chris Froome, how much are we going to miss him on the roads? Because we have Chris Froome that is got full of energy and, you know, he's done some amazing thing on Ventoux, on, mm. on all of the stages. But uh, how much you and I and the whole world of cycling is going to miss Chris Froome? Yeah, look, I mean, he's, um, he's, he's, he's a star for sure. But at the same time, I sort of think, look, he's... he's um, 
It's changing of the guard. Yep. It's a changing of the guard, and it is what it is. And there'll be other stars step up. And, you know, Catapaz is in the squad. Last year's Giro d'Italia winner for Team Ineos. I mean, he's a massive plan B. And I would sort of say, without Catapaz, I'd almost say Ineos are vulnerable, believe it or not. Because, and I know this is crazy. It just means all they have is one plan. We've almost been used to seeing them with a plan A, B, and sometimes a plan C. So to go into it with a plan A and only a plan A, and Bernal, I'm not convinced he's at his absolute best. I think he's going really well. Is he going at his best? I'm, I'm sure he'll lift again, but it, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Look, one thing, it makes it exciting. Absolutely. I think it, makes it, it closes the gap, not just between Ineos and Yamba Visma, but I think it closes the gap with other teams as well. Absolutely. Uh, there's a good question here from uh, Juan Gonzalez. Bernal or Carapaz, who will end fighting up for the yellow jersey? Who's plan A, who's plan... Do we have plan A and plan A1 or plan A and plan B? I th- I, you know, what you just said then, I think is is maybe a more I accurate. Do make, I do make sense You do. Every now and then you come out with some good ones. This is really good. Well done. Um, Thank plan you. A, plan A and what did you say? Plan A.1. Yeah. I like that. I think uh, Catapaz won't be an outright plan B. I think he's actually going to be... They will. They will... So saying that, what we mean by that is they will both be absolutely protected in the first week. You know, those, those dangerous stages, crosswinds, flat roads, et cetera, et cetera. They will try and keep both of those guys high on the general classification just in case one falters. Okay, Froome is missing. but So that's four to the front missing. There's another one, only one, but still one. Uh, Garen Thomas is not going to be here. First of all, before we debate this, let's listen from uh, Garen Thomas. Feels like it's back to some sort of normality with the team and racing and everything. And... Um, it's nice to finally just have a firm plan in place and know exactly what I'm doing and uh, yeah, try and sort of get some sort of positive out of this year. In 2017, I was uh, I was in great shape, a kind of similar form to what I was in 18 when I won the Tour and uh, yeah, enjoy the racing there. I've always loved Italy, you know, the roads and the fans and, you know, the food, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's just a, a, a race I've always sort of enjoyed anyway. There was Garen Thomas. First of all, before we start dissecting this, the food. He said the food, obviously, in Italy. You've lived in Italy. Uh, I right. love food. You lived in Italy. Yeah. That's a good combo. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Is he right? Yeah, he's right. He's right. <laughs> I mean, if there's one reason to go there, it's for that. Um, he, to me, in that interview, sounded more disappointed yeah. than Froomey. You know, just his body language. But again, he's a pro as well. He'll get over it. And I think he will, when the dust settles, he'll say... Okay, yep, I probably wasn't ready. And he'll say, you know what? I've actually got one in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's finished second last year. Let's remind everyone and ourselves, second in TDF last year, winner the year before. Now he gets the chance and a big shot at the Giro d'Italia. So, look, I think it, and I think it, it makes the year exciting. Touch wood that we get all three grand tours started and completed. I think it, it, it gives the fans something to really, yeah. um, you know, hone But if, if we project ourselves back to March this year mm. or April, uh, having seen three Grand Tours in the making, one starting next week, uh, I think we should be pretty happy about this and cross all our fingers and yeah. that all, everything is going to happen yeah. correctly. 
Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got. Uh, I won't show you what I've got crossed. But everything <laughs> is crossed. I promise you. <laughs> uh, last question, and coming back to Froome, actually, because uh, I forgot to ask you this question. But if you are Israel Academy Cycling, where he is going, they make the statement saying we're here for the history, not when he equals five, but when he goes for six. That changes everything in their communication. How do you think they feel about from not actually riding this Tour de France? And, you know, from what they said and what they're picking up next year on Froome, they're going to pick up a rider that has not rode the Tour de France last, the year before. Yeah. So, okay. So, two things. He hasn't gone cheap. Yeah. He, he, he's gone for a, for a bunch of money to, to um, Israel Academy startup. So they've paid they've paid a chunk of money, possibly above award wage. <laughs> what 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 his award wage was at Ineos, believe it or not. Okay. In the belief that he would create history or at least be right at the pointy end, you'd have to be a little bit nervous with the man paying the bills. You'd have to be a little bit nervous just on what you've seen. Exactly. And I know that's that's. I'm not one normally to jump the gun on stuff, and I'm not. But I'm just saying. As a management who are suddenly maybe paying three million bucks a year to Chris Froome for the next, is it two, three years? Yep. He signed for Israel Academy. What if he doesn't fire a single shot? Because there's plenty of experts out there. And in fact, I've spoken to some medical experts off the record who have said it will be extremely hard for Chris Froome to come back at the very top, to compete at the very, very top level again and win because of his injuries and what was sustained. He lost four pints of blood yep. in that injury. He almost died. This is So I'm not criticizing Chris Froome, by the way. It's actually a miracle yep. that he was even at, on one of those stages in the Dolphinae, he was riding in the top 20 on one of those mountains. It's actually a mini miracle. And we should be grateful, actually, that he's still here with us and racing. That's, that's fantastic. But as management, you'd be a little bit nervous. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, question we had between you and I, uh, is this the end of an era for the Brits? Because they're losing five Tour wins experience yep. in that Tour de France. We're not too sure if Cavendish is going to, to write. We know Yates is going to write. So, and we know Mitchelton Scott, you heard it here, that he, uh, they're going to go for the, the stage wins. So the Brits might see some stage wins, but all of a sudden, it doesn't look that certain for a country like that's dominated cycling for a little while. It looks like everything is moving to, to Colombia a little bit. Well, it is. And look, it probably has been the last couple of years to Colombia, that is. But look, Cavendish still unconfirmed, but that's a, that's a massive out as well. For me, that's the least of the surprises. He hasn't he hasn't shown that he can mix with the best sprinters already this okay. year. He hasn't raced much either. And as good as he is, what thirty odd stage wins at the tour, he's one of the greatest, hundred percent. But every every man or woman, their day sports person, their their prowess comes to an end at some point. And I think for Cav, it, it, that's now. So. It's a big, yeah, it's a big, three big, three big misses from the Tour de France. And I think it's a changing of the guard. And you know what? Let's listen to Matt Stevens. So Matt yeah. Stevens, I believe, is the next uh, colleague of yours. He is, and he, he works extensively now in cycling with Eurosport and, and so on. So he's got his finger on the pulse on, on British cycling. And he's a British journalist. So mm. let's listen to him, what he thinks about uh, all this from a, from a British point of view. I think like everybody, when I first heard that Froome and Thomas weren't riding the Tour de France, I was actually quite shocked. I think purely because we're so used to seeing them. Um, riding the tour together, you know, having you know, collectively between them won it five times. They are part of the firmament, not just of Team Sky, Team Ineos, but of the Tour de France itself. So kind of for British cycling, I think it was like, oh my God, they're not going to be riding. But when you really look at it, when you, 
when you forensically analyse the reasons for their non-selection, if we take Froome first, um, quite clearly he wasn't in the right kind of shape. I think it was almost a borderline miracle that he's actually riding again. And then with, with Geraint, again, a little bit more complicated. He, he is obviously being very professional and saying he's looking forward to riding the Giro, but I think when you read between the lines, he's not super happy with the... Maybe not the decision, maybe he understands the decision, but the fact he wasn't in the right kind of form to be picked must be quite frustrating for him. Very good. That was uh, uh, Matt Stevens, which yeah. I said I believe is one of colleague of yours at the McCartney team. The, yeah, yes, Lynn yeah. McCartney. Yes, he ride the Giro. We ride the Giro together, actually. Yeah, no, great. Do you mean that year you won that stage? That's yeah. it. I didn't want to say it. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still milking it, trying to it anyway. A little bit, just a bit. <laughs> uh, no, but it makes sense. Like he's he's actually quite wise, uh, Matt. Every yeah, time, he, is. But he, he is. does make sense about the impact this can actually have in the spirit of cycling. Mm. In yeah, Britain. it's true. Yeah, absolutely. No, look, that's right. I think it's a massive talking point around the world, but it'll be an even bigger sort of talking point and a bit more of a letdown, if you like, for the British fans. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, any other news? Uh, because there, there's been a lot happening. We've been uh, very uh, fortunate to... Uh, to see some cycling, like she said, on the road, oh. but uh, we always said it's going to be brutal, even for us watching. Yes. is week in, week out, back-to-back cycling. It's exciting, but there's a lot happening. There is a lot happening. And so let's just go back to that question on Caleb Ewan, leaving Mitchell yep. and Scott. Uh, he's had some success, so good to see our Australian sprinter. Uh, Tour of Wallonie in Belgium is just finished, uh, I think overnight, in fact. He, uh, he won the first stage, I believe, Caleb, or second stage. I think it was the first stage. So in terms of the sprinters prepping for the tour, Caleb's got a win under his belt. That's good signs. And he's had a couple of first, uh, sorry, second and thirds as well yep. in one-day races in Italy. Arnaud Demar, the Frenchman for Groupama, I think he won two stages yep. and he won the overall. He won the final stage. So he's in really good shape. And remember, he wasn't at the tour last year because their favourite Pino yes. above, above the, the stage wins. Surely he's going. But I don't know Pino is going. Pino's going, we know so that. So what, what are they Demar doing? Go. Are they going to go with, uh, with the same outfit? It's interesting. That, yeah, that's another good discussion point. And the Irishman, Sam Bennett, he also won a stage in Maloney. So all of the sprinters that we expect yeah. to be at the Tour or you know, to be in good shape, they are. So it's exciting from that point of view. If you I'm going to bring a, a comment here from, a, we spoke about Colombia, Belgium mm. as well. Wood van Aert is yeah. looking hot, hot, hot. Can he actually bring the green jersey in Paris? Or is the green jersey going to be Sagan's property? Or can Wood Van Aert do it? No. No. Why? He's, poss- he's, he's capable physically because he'll purely be working for um, the team, for yeah. Primoz Roglic on Jumbo Visma. So he will sacrifice, I believe, any hope. The only hope he has, and we don't want this to happen, but there's a mishap at Jumbo Visma, crashes or accidents, and then he gets a, a, a free card to go for it. But he, I don't believe he will go for the green at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, because we, we have to talk about the Dauphiné a little bit. Yeah, we uh, do, yeah. Uh, we've seen a lot happening. And there's, if anything, the Dauphiné, for me, raised more questions than got me answers. It was, one thing I will say, it was a fantastic race. And the final stage, I mean, it was a fantastic race. And we, disappointingly, we had a couple of crashes. Obviously, Steven Kruiswijk was a massive out. Yeah. Um, and also the German Manuel Buchmann, who was fourth at the Tour de France last year. He was a massive out. And then Primoz Roglic, who crashed on the penultimate stage, got through, but then withdrew the morning of the final stage while in the yellow. So that was disappointing. How, like On this point, actually, how badly do you think he was hurt? 
for him to retire from the... I mean, the Dauphiné is yeah. a big win. I it's, think a big team, si it's a big signal to whoever is riding the Tour de France. Yeah. He must have been relatively badly hurt to, I to think not the start. Team said, I, think, I think it was more the, team's, the team prompting him, withdraw, we've got bigger fish to fry. He could have got through, I believe, but he might, it might not have done him any good for the Tour de France. So I think they've said, let's take the extra day. Your form's great. We don't need to prove anything here. As yeah. big as this race is, we're happy. Sponsors are happy. Management's happy. We actually want you recovered and 100% ready to go up the tour. So the fact that Bernal retired, do you think that also way into the balance? Roglic. For, no, for Roglic? Yeah. So Bernal retired before. Uh, sorry, Ro yes, you're Ro right. Roglic retired after. The fact, if Bernal was there, still there, would they have given up on that win? Yes. Still? I, yeah, okay. because of Roglic's, purely because of Roglic's crash. So Jumbo is on their target. They're not looking sideways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Bookman, as I mentioned. So, so it was disappointing, but the final stage then became this all-out attack. And she, we saw a race and a half on the Dolphin oh, yeah. And I'm not, I don't want to preempt, but if you can go to the Cycling Central website and if the stage is still there, have a look at it because it was absolutely brilliant. It was fast racing. Actually, there's enough days between now and the Tour de France. You could rewatch re the whole tour. <laughs> if you don't know the results, rewatch it. Black if you know the results, actually, well, I'm going to go because I'm going to rewatch it. <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, yes, there's a couple of things. I think we should update too on Fabio Jakobsen. Um, who crashed the Tour of Poland. Remember yeah. that nasty crash nasty, nasty. in the barriers. He is recovering. He's made his first sort of statement um, back in his home now in Belgium. He's thanked all the fans, obviously, and it's going to be a long road to recovery. He's got a few operations that he needs to have on his face because he really did smash it up. I think he lost the majority of his teeth. So, But the good news is he's recovering, and he actually walked himself from the ambulance to a private plane that flew him home. Yeah. And the other one, Remco Evenpol, who is just a And everybody knows the, that followed this podcast, I love Remco. Oh, we I all love him, don't we? He's brilliant, and yeah. I was so... I mean, it would have been sad for any riders, but seeing him, that fall was horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was Ooh. effectively into a ravine yeah. over a very narrow bridge, and there's question marks over the safety of... Quite a few races, in fact, that not enough has been done. Yeah. We will discuss that more, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, but he's on the mend as well. Uh, fractured hip, I believe. The rest of the season is done for him. So that's a pity for the fans. It's a pity for him, obviously. But he is an absolute star, and he will be back, and he will be back bigger and better than ever. He's 20 years of age, this kid. He has not lost a stage race this year, and he went into Lombardia, his first monument ever, as a favourite. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, Technically, he still hasn't lost a race because he retired from this well, one I know, accident. That's true. I oh, know. I like that. Statistically, like that. he yeah, hasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a couple of other snippets. Yeah. Uh, World Championships, no longer in Switzerland. We knew that. That's That's been announced in the last week. I believe you've got a little bit of a rumor going oh, on. Oh, there's a rumor going. I'll spread it because why not? Because um, that's what we do here on the Zwift Cycling Central. We, we're the spread breaking news or we spread rumors. So <laughs> that, that actually sounds. The source is pretty reliable, I reckon. I'm not going to reveal my source. <laughs> but look, there is one official. Uh, it's been already been out there on the cycling websites and social media. Tuscany, I believe, yeah. to are putting in a bid. So they, they're very keen to have talks with the UCI to hold uh, the championships. And the other one I'm hearing from my contacts is Nice. 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 Okay. The world champs could be held in Nice. The Tour de France starts in Nice. It's 
not a bad prelude. It's not the first time they've had the tour in yep. Nice, obviously. They know how to put bike races on. There's Montana on the backdrop. There's, yeah, so, and they would have a course ready to go. So watch this space. Uh, if we hear it, we will break it. <laughs> Even if it's not true, we'll say it as a yeah. rumour. doesn't matter. Uh, and Luke Durbridge, obviously yeah. omitted from the Tour de France squad. He was right on the cusp of potentially riding the TDF again, yep. as I think we all sort of thought, believe that. But his focus is still on the world time trial title. So let's hope they go, red, uh, go ahead for Luke's uh, sake because he's putting a lot of effort into the TT this year at the Worlds. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have anything else? I, I think that's, that's it. it. I've, I've, got, I've mentioned got, everything on my page. I've got one last thing. It's a great comment that came here yeah. on Facebook. You haven't seen it because I can see here, but you can't. Oh, no, I'm worried. Uh, as an interval, the commentary for Maka and Matthew Kinnan at the Dauphiné was outstanding. Don't, I can see a couple of ones uh, really paying out on us. You're not going to read them out. That's good. I'll no, take he, that one. He says he was a quick advert of what we can expect from the tour. So great yes. job. I, actually, you guys, you well, guys I won't did very be, well. I won't be commentating no. the Tour de France. I, I may pop in here or there, but I generally won't be in, but I will be with you every day on this set. What time? Uh, 1, 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Adjust every your watches. Day. Yes, uh, on Australian Eastern Standard Time. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you enjoyed the uh, news set. Uh, you probably have noticed that we are still testing stuff. Uh, so this was actually a dress rehearsal. I would say thank you for your flexibility. Thank you for Pleasure. helping with all this. Yep. Thank you for Brendan, which is just behind the cameras here, operating all this stuff uh, for us. Uh, and thank you for you, the public, to be so supportive. And thank you to Zwift for helping us as well. I think that's everybody. I think so. Yeah? I think so. Is that it Bring it on. What are we, nine days out from Tour de France? Can't wait. I can't, can't wait. wait. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, uh, remember that you can uh, tune in or uh, log in and ride with our friends at Zwift uh, or log a ride uh, yeah, with our friends at Zwift. I just said this. This proves it's life. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you can also uh, visit our website, sbs.com.au slash central. Until next time, which will be next week, where we'll be talking pretty much exclusively or not about the Tour de France. It's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout-out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. Zwift offers training plans, interval workouts, and a global community. Get strong and get motivated with every ride. Give people a ride on, and you're sure to get one back, as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today and start your free trial.